Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Winnie King, and welcome to Raising Joy. And I'm Kristen Perch, mm-hmm. resident, mm-hmm. festive. Okay, festivities. Here we go. <laughs> I know. It's the season, and everybody's starting to put up the lights. We got stuff going into the yard. We got stuff in the house, and everybody's like, why am I putting all this stuff up? But what are you doing? <laughs> Tell me. Okay. No, no, for so, real, tell me. Okay, so I might have been accused of being extra. No, um, <laughs> I, I saw your Halloween costume, but that's so that's that's beside the point. Go on, just a little. Okay, um, so I have wanted those giant nutcrackers that are like six feet tall mm, mm, outside mm, of my mm, door mm, for mm. years. Okay. And they've been on back order on Costco. I can like never get there in time. I've like I go at Halloween and I couldn't find them. I okay. finally found them this year. Uh oh. At a great price. Okay. Cheapest I've ever seen. Didn't, okay. Didn't see that coming. And I had them delivered to my house. Oh. On my husband's day off. Oh. I didn't tell him. Oh. And they were coming. These these nine foot (laughs) boxes coming. Are they in boxes? Yes. Yes. And they're bigger than him. I'm at work. All I get is a text message from him. (laughs) Are you serious, Clark? (laughs) 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 From Christmas vacation. And so. Oh, my God. So now, yeah, we got to get them actually up. So I'm usually a, I don't decorate until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. We, We want every season to have its due. That's right. Okay. Thanksgiving it. gets it. But yeah. we almost put them up because I was like, it's easier just to put these dang things in the yard. Than now. <laughs> now. Trying to find a place for them. Yeah. But we, we found a spot. You so. got two. Two. I'll show you a picture sometime. And how how tall are they? Six feet tall. Okay. <laughs> See, you know, that's, okay, the creepiest thing ever for me is going through Lowe's or Home Depot, and they have that Santa that is about five or six feet tall, and when you walk by, he starts dancing. Yes! See, I take a gun. (laughs) In my house? uh, (laughs) Right! Yeah, I would kill him. What if if it just, like, went off? uh, See, that's what I'm scared of. Well, you know, that's for a long—it took me a long time before I wanted Alexa in my house. Because I, I was afraid she would start talking and nobody was asking her a question. <laughs> but but for for me, you know, that yeah. kind of dancing Santa. Now, if it's outside, I can handle it. I, I can because I can run in the garage. I don't have to see you. <laughs> but if you're in the house and then you're doing. No, no way. Something. Or even if you're not doing something, you look like you ought to be doing something. Why are you standing there? The kitchen, the dishes need to be washed. <laughs> Exactly. Where's that Santa? (laughs) You need to come on in here and do something. (laughs) Well, I'm happy for your nutcrackers. Uh, I know. I'm excited. I finally got them. I love love nutcrackers. Okay. I want to see pictures when you get them up. You got it. Okay. There you go. But today we're still excited because today we're talking about disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. 
It was going to be Winnie if that Santa went off in her house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that that Okay, the disruptive mood dysregulation. That's me. That is me. Or, or DMDD, which is a relatively new diagnosis. You know, this is not your run-of-the-mill, and it's not something that's been going on since the 60s um, that many people have not heard of, so they've not heard about it. So we're going to talk about it right here. Absolutely. And we are joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Rachel Talbot, and she's coming back on the podcast to talk to us about this. Um, she's a psychiatrist with us at Koch Children's, and she specializes in working with kids, adolescents, and all of their silliness. Welcome to Raising Joy. Okay. Thank, oh, thank okay. you, guys. Thanks for having me back. And don't Disrupt- forget, I work with uh, parents, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. What is it? Just uh, Okay, well, let me say it again. It's Disruptive Mood Dysregulation Disorder, or DMDD. What is it? Correct. Yeah, so DMDD, it's actually classified as a depressive disorder mm. or a mood disorder. Mm. And what it is, is it's classified... Are the, the symptoms of it are these kids that have these temper outbursts that are way out of proportion to whatever caused them to get upset. So okay. these kids will be told no, they'll be told to do something they don't want to do, and they will have a complete tantrum meltdown, um, such as throwing things, hitting, kicking, screaming. Falling um, in the floor at Target and kicking. Oh, yeah. And uh, volume at an 11. Um, refuse- I see them on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I yeah. do. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, oh, yeah. And, no, and these are the kids that are, you know, punching holes in walls, kicking holes in walls at school. They'll be like, flipping desks, throwing papers, uh, running out of the classroom. So they're just getting really dysregulated. They're not able to control their moods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have these big temper outbursts. The other big symptom of the DMDD is that it's classified by kids that are like chronically irritable. So these kids, more days than not, they're going to be irritable. Parents feel like they're walking on eggshells around them because mm. it's always like, I don't know what's going to set them off because they are so irritable all the time. Wow. Wow. How how early do you see this? So we, like, or age-wise? Yeah, age-wise. Yeah. Um, so it actually can't be diagnosed until a kid is six years old. Okay, that's um, kind of late for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and they want to take in development, okay. you know, because a, a toddler, a three-year-old's yeah, going to yeah. have temper tantrums, sure. and that's they, a normal that's that's part true. of their development. So it. those ones on the floor in Target that are three, four years old. You expect that. They're they're still learning how to yeah. regulate their emotions. But eight and nine. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now right? we got a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they're bigger and harder to control than yeah. a toddler is, too. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Uh, so this is a new dis- disorder. How common, though, is it? So because it is a new disorder, the prevalence isn't fully well understood. Um, it's I read it was about 2 to 5% is what they're estimating. Mm-hmm. Um, it is more common in boys, um, or at least more diagnosed in boys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're still getting a lot of the data about how prevalent it is. I mean, we see it a lot in our office, uh, in our inpatient mm-hmm. unit, in our partial program. Okay. We see a lot of kids with this. Um, but, yeah, it's at about 2 to 5%. So how is this... Um how do you see this and not think it's bipolar disorder or something other than mm-hmm. how do you pinpoint this and say, no, nah, this is kind of different. This is not, this is not what we've been seeing. This is something that's different. So actually DMDD um, is like you said, it's a relatively new diagnosis. It came out actually in 2013 with a new edition of the DSM five. Mm. Our DSM is our, the diagnostics, 
statistician manual. Okay. Um, I kind of call it the, the Bible of psychiatry because oh. it's got all my diagnoses and it's what we use to diagnose different conditions. Um, and it actually came out to take the place of what used to be called or used to be misdiagnosed as childhood bipolar disorder. Mm. So a lot of these kids were getting misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s. And it just didn't quite fit because with bipolar disorder, what you look for are more episodic periods of irritability um, and mood changes. So you would, like kids with bipolar disorder would have four or five days in a row where they're irritable, they're doing things out of character, mm-hmm. um, having these distinct periods of episodes versus the DMDD. Like you said, it's chronic irritability. They are irritable every, every single day. Every day. Every day. Ooh, my gray hair yeah. grows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. How does it, how do parents show up with with these kind of issues? Like what, what do they kind of say in your office? So a lot of the parents are concerned because the kids are getting in a lot of trouble at school. Mm -hmm. Um, The kids aren't functioning well at school. They're having difficulties with their peers because they're having these temper tantrums and outbursts. Um, Sometimes the kids will run, like I said before, will run out of the classroom Mm -hmm. because they can't handle what's going on. They're getting too dysregulated. They don't know what to do with their emotions. At home, the kids will have um, major outbursts and temper tantrums where it's getting unsafe sometimes for them to be in the home um, or parents don't feel as safe because they can't control the outbursts that their kids are having and the kids can't control themselves. So again, the hitting, the kicking, uh, the getting aggressive. So they consider they can be violent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and sometimes that's intentional and then sometimes it, the kid didn't intend to like hit yeah. their younger sibling or something yeah. like they were just, you know, Couldn't Out of 10, they weren't mm-hmm. thinking clearly, and the younger sibling was there. and Or the dog got in the way. Yep. Exactly. Right. And a lot of times after these episodes are over, the kids will be really remorseful. Oh. Like they, they'll they get really sad. They'll get really angry at themselves for having these outbursts. But in the moment, nothing you say, nothing you do is really uh, like they aren't able to hear what you're you're saying because their their brains are in such overdrive with the emotions that are going on hmm. that, that they're having a really hard time calming down. Are there, are there things that trigger them most or they just, it just happens. So there's always going to be a trigger and it's all about finding what those triggers are. So big triggers um, that every parent says is being told no. Um, but I mean, <sighs> you have to tell your kids no sometimes, yeah, yeah, you know, you for do. safety and mm-hmm. for, you know, Helping your kids learn yeah. and learning to deal with the right. word now because that's life. Um, not being able to do what they want to do. Um, so like not being able to go to a friend's house that they wanted to do go to. Uh, not being able to play on their video games. Right. Um, so electronics are a huge trigger for these kids. Mm. Um, not being able to have them, getting off of them, mm-hmm. getting upset that they lost mm. um, or got killed during the their video game. Those are oftentimes really big triggers for these kids. Um at school, there's a lot of frustration with the work sometimes because a lot of the times these kids also have comorbid conditions such as ADHD. Mm. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of kids. I can't even think of any that have just a DMDD diagnosis. Most of them have an ADHD or an anxiety disorder on top of it. Um, so they get really frustrated at school. Um, the work oftentimes is too hard for them. And then that gets them down on themselves, and then there goes the dysregulation. Mm-hmm. And now we're going spiraling out of exactly, control. Exactly, okay. exactly. 
And as a parent, I want to manage this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I need to manage this because, <laughs> right. you know, I need to because this is going to hurt all of us if we don't. How do you manage it? So ask for help. Um, ask for help from the teachers, the counselors at school, and then, you know, talk to your pediatrician and then get a referral to a child psychiatrist yeah. um, because this is something we deal with on a daily basis. There are a couple of different ways. Um, oh, and therapy. Therapy is a huge piece of this. Is it? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is probably the most, one of the most effective uh, ways to deal with this because the kids need to learn coping skills. Mm. They need to learn how to manage their emotions. They need to learn how to be told no. They need to learn how to lose at a game. They need to learn how to tolerate being frustrated because mm-hmm. um, that's ultimately what they don't know how to deal with is any of these kind of negative kind of emotions that come up. They don't know how to deal with it. So when they don't know how to deal with it and they're in therapy, what are you telling them? What tools are you giving them? Because, okay, Johnny, no. What do you do to help <laughs> handle this meltdown? How do you get, what tools do you give them? Okay, now you have to think one, two, three, take a deep breath. You know what? I don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, you did two right there. So <laughs> check, check. <laughs> So sometimes having them count, um, whether it's counting to five, counting down from five can be helpful. Um, taking a deep breath, working on like meditation can be helpful. Um, uh, they also doing box breathing. So it's just about taking a step back. Yes. Yes, and taking a break and learning yes. how to say, you know what, I am overwhelmed. I need to take a break. Okay. And that's and something okay that. that we work with kids and we work with parents on being parents being okay with saying, look, they're getting overwhelmed. Let them take that break. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. calm down. Mm-hmm. Then we can come back and talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nothing's going to happen when the kid's like that. You're just going to escalate. Yes. Is anger even more and more. So everybody needs to take their time, calm down, and then we can come back and have a rational conversation. So teaching kids how to be teaching kids how to do that. Okay. I We're, think also I was gonna say also like teaching kids to identify what their triggers are and the parents to know what their triggers are. So like, okay, and, and be able to put like name the emotion. Okay. Whenever mom, whenever you take away the video games, I feel pissed off. Like okay. being able, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, we all know that that's something that's could trigger an outburst. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. how how can you do have to take the video games away? Like mm-hmm. that has to happen. Mm-hmm. But a therapist can really help you figure out with a a way to to work with your kid to help that go more smoothly. Because I think parents, whenever you're in the moment and you're heated and like your kids yelling at you and they're accusing you of all these like terrible things and they're throwing things. We may respond in a way that escalates the situation, like yelling back. Because, because, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you're, but it may, but it that may take. You know, if if they're at a ten, and then you're at a ten, then they're at an eleven, and it just may yeah, escalate. It just, yeah, yeah, and it so just, that it, that makes sense. Yeah, they can yeah. having like an outside perspective can help you kind of realize things that we do that unintentionally could mm-hmm. make things worse. You know, we're in the holiday season. We just talked about this and families are getting together and everybody's coming in and, <laughs> and okay, there, you know, here comes Uncle John and, and the cousins and everybody's running in and on the house. Is that a trigger? Is that something yes. that could be really like scary for yeah, these kids? Sensory overload a lot of times. And yes. If you're having the the noise is there and Aunt Millie wants to pinch your cheeks and and, <laughs> and, and give you lots of kisses yeah, and that's yeah. getting in your personal space and you don't like that. Yeah. 
you know, any of those kind of things can definitely be triggers for these kids. So what I recommend is prepping your kid ahead of time, letting them know that this is going to happen. Don't spring this big family uh, get, gathering, get gathering mm-hmm. on them or else, you know, they will have a meltdown because they're not ready for it. And mm-hmm. then have a backup plan. So what will happen? What can we do in case little Johnny gets overwhelmed? Where can he go to have his moment to calm down so he doesn't get to an 11? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought I thought you were gonna say, "What if Uncle Johnny comes in and is like, oh, you just need to whoop his butt?'" Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, if somebody will say that, you know, somebody somebody's gonna that. say that. Yeah, but I and I also want to be mindful of the symptom. What, what am I seeing that is leading up to this? Because it, you know, it's not just a push. Mm-hmm. There, there are probably signs and signals that give you that knowledge that something is about to happen mm-hmm. and how you can spring into action or mm-hmm. what you can do. Because you might not have seen the trigger. Right. Like it might have right. been the cousin that said they were ugly. Yeah. And you, don't, oh God. And you didn't see it happen. No. And then, but you can see like the something's physical, happening. And you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, mm-hmm. let's okay. diffuse this. So a plan B, let's go back in the room. Let's sit on the bed. Let's listen to music. I don't know what it is. Distraction. Yeah. Let's it's listen key. to music. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. Let let's me go read take to a you. Walk. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You get out, you get the fresh air, you yeah. get the exercise. Yeah, you get, you get to down. breathe. Exactly. Yes, that's always a good one for me. Weather depending. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Now, does this particular disorder um does it respond to medication or is there medication involved? I know it if you have ADHD. Is this medication-driven, or are we just managing? Lord have mercy. (laughs) We're just managing. So there are medications that can help with the symptoms of DMDD. There's not a clear medication that says, absolutely, this is indicated for DMDD, but we treat the symptoms. So if there is an ADHD component, Mm -hmm. we're going to treat with ADHD medications, and that oftentimes will help the kids gain a little bit of impulse control, including emotional impulsivity control, and that time that helps them get that extra second mm-hmm. to think, mm. use that coping skill, mm. calm down so I don't have an outburst. Mm. Um, and then, as I originally stated, it is classified as a depressive disorder. Mm. So a lot of times we will use medications that treat depression and anxiety mm-hmm. to help reduce some of the emotionality that these kids have. And re- like I like to tell my parents, like it turns the dial down mm-hmm. for them so they're not constantly at this irritable level of a 10, 11, it'll turn it down to a five, six. So it's more manageable. Mm-hmm. They may still have some low level irritability, but it's much more manageable mm-hmm. for them. And you could actually use the coping skills you learned in therapy. Exactly. Because if you're at a 10, <laughs> you can't, like, you're not thinking clearly. Yeah, you're Absolutely. Not, you're not. So what do you tell the parents? I mean, okay, we're dealing with this. This is hard. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I have a visual in my head of, this seven-year-old, you know, just going for bear. Mm -hmm. And how do you help the parents? Because uh, do they need to be in therapy? Are you Mm -hmm. telling them? What, what, what's the, how does the parent get to handle this? Because you have to handle it. A lot of times parents are actually relieved when I'm able to give them a diagnosis of what's going on. So it's not like I just have a bad kid or I'm a bad parent. So it's Mm -hmm. like, no, there is something going on in their brain that's causing them to be emotionally dysregulated. So once they have that name, we can kind of help them with the different services and therapies. So you had mentioned, do parents need to be in therapy? Some parents do. Um, there are parent-child <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. parent, interaction therapies. Um, 
parenting is not a, uh, there's no book for it. Well, there are plenty of books, but there's no books for <laughs> like every, for every, yeah. for every kid. And mm-hmm. you may have a kid, your first kid was this perfect little angel, has no outburst, does really well. You parent your second kid the same way. And here we go. And here we go. And it's not working. So oftentimes parents need to learn how to parent this kid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they don't, they're not bad parents. They just need to learn how to parent this one. Right. Because if you have three kids, they're all not the same. Exactly. And you may have the same parenting, you know, overall, this is how I'm going to do this. But each kid is different. Right. You need to respond appropriately to each kid. You do. Okay. Now, back in my day, that wasn't the way they parented. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you all get in line. Uh Uh-huh. And you're going to do it just the way I did it. This first one, the second one, and the third one. Now I don't care because I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Best of luck. (laughs) (laughs) Let your brother do it. I don't know. I'm number three, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I think it's really isolating for parents and and also for the kids. Sure. Because a lot of times for the kids, right? Like other kids don't want to be friends with them because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Or is today a day that he's going to throw a chair at the class yeah. or is today not? And yeah. then a lot of times parents are afraid to take them, take kiddos with these kind of outbursts to family events and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. because they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like really, really isolating mm-hmm. right, for mm-hmm. families. Yeah. I'd rather just sit here at the house. We're not going to Target. Yeah, and some parents do that, or they leave their kid at home and take the other kid out to Target. Yeah. And now I'm really mad because you took the kid out to Target and you didn't right. take me. That may happen. Okay, <laughs> now why, why does why does Jesse get to go and I got to sit here? Right. Yeah, that's that's real hard. Golly. So you said that this was kind of uh, on the books in 2013. Yes. Are we seeing a, a steady incline, or how does that look? Now that we know what we're looking at, I would imagine that there is an incline, you know, so now we can diagnose it, we get it, there's probably a a little bit of a jump on it. I mean, I definitely see multiple cases in my office every single week. Mm, Um, Every week? I I was going to say every day. Every, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Probably, I I see at least one, two, maybe two a day. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. No, I'm not not joking at all. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we also have a little skewed view because yes, this yes. is what we do every single day. I know, and like, but, but the fact that this is coming in every day yeah. says, oh, wow, there may be a, quite a bit of this out there. Right. There is. Okay. They but see it we, a lot in school. Yes. Okay. I would say. We get a ro- lot of referrals from the schools for this. Oh, really? Um, and no, not everybody that comes into our office with the DMDD is the ones throwing chairs right. and, you Ooh. know, not, not that extreme. We've We've been able to manage these kids, manage them with medications, with the therapies, um, with the parent training to the point that they are doing pretty well on the medicines and therapies that they are mm-hmm. currently um, engaging in. And it's a pretty quick med check to say, hey, we're doing awesome. Okay. Keep up the good work. Yeah. So they're, it's manageable and mm-hmm. treatable and it's not easy work. You're going to have to put some effort into it and the kids are going to have to put some effort into it, but it's it's doable. The parent and the child is not the only people. They're not the only people impacted. I mean, poor teacher. I don't know how they I do know. it. Poor teacher. Yeah. And then, you know, poor other students in the class, poor siblings. Um, you know, there's a lot of other people affected by this kid's behavior. So how does a teacher handle? I mean, okay, Johnny Sedale. They can, they can, I have some uh, patients who have like great relationships with teachers. Mm-hmm. And they can ask a perfectly reasonable 
request of, of like, okay, everybody is putting up their papers, so we need to put up your papers and, and get ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like a perfectly reasonable thing. Nothing and, out of the ordinary. And that could be enough. To and, trigger. And they could have a good relationship. But I do have some, I will say, teachers, if you are listening to this, like you have an incredible ability to help um, just by like having empathy but it's hard, right? Whenever the kids, I got like, thirty eight and, and seventeen so of these hard. kids. But but uh, I can't tell you how many times I'll say, "Hey, listen, like you're doing so much better this year. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think it is?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, and a lot of times the kids are a little bit younger, and they're like, "I don't, I don't know what it is." And the mom will be like, "You know what I think it is, Miss Smith. Mm-hmm. Like, really, just they. She really gets him, and she has patience with him, and she gives him a lot of breaks, and mm-hmm. or they." Um, they went through this school and they have um, have an IEP, so an individual educational plan. And so they have a behavior plan set mm-hmm. up so that whenever they have outbursts, like this is specifically what happens and how to work with things. And so I think it can be better. But teachers have an incredible ability to help. Mm-hmm. Like just by having a relationship and having compassion for a kid, um, even so, if they are. You yeah. Know. So I know I ha- my son has this. I'm telling Miss Smith. Mm-hmm. Let me let me help you here. Yeah, because yes, you this should. is what this is what's happening here. Yeah, and let me let's let's work in concert. I you need your to. help. You have to. You can't just spring it on them, right? Right, right. Because no, right. you can't have Johnny just have a major outburst in class and not let the teacher be prepared right. for what to do. Right, because that will just escalate the outburst. Because oftentimes the teacher will then yell or send to the principal or send to in, mm-hmm. in school suspension mm-hmm. or something like that. That doesn't help the kid and doesn't fix the situation for next time. Mm-hmm. Again, poor teacher who has more than one child. I, I don't know how these teachers I do it. Either. I am in awe of multiple, multiple teachers that my kids I have. I don't know how they do it. Okay. You know, you're your teacher a latte or something. Exactly. Christmas yeah. is coming up. Yeah. It's time to spoil them. Yeah, spoil them. <laughs> we oh love our teachers. Love yeah. them. Yeah, because they, they are put, they're 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 doing yeoman's work. Yes, yes. They, they really are. are. You know, especially when we're sitting here talking about this and and mom gets to go to work <laughs> or dad gets to go to work because you're not dealing with it right then, but she's dealing with it on a regular all day almost. Mm-hmm. So Or he, you know, that's really hard. Any Any advice that you would throw out to anybody? about this teachers and or parents ask for help i think that's the biggest thing i can say to parents is if you notice some behavioral issues with your child if you're not sure what's going on ask your pediatrician um ask for help because if you don't ask for help then your kid can't get the help they need Mm -hmm. and start early Mm. and and and, and do it early right like if if they learn like the coping skills to deal with frustration and things like that at a young age then Mm -hmm. they can Use those as they grow up. Because kids, you know, in their, you know, five, six are a lot more pliable than they are yes. at 13, 14. Right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What, 13-year-old having a meltdown? I know. A lot of times they kind of outgrow. It, it morphs. It does. Yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot of teenagers that are having throw down on the floor, temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. They can still throw things, get irritable, be mouthy. Mm-hmm. That rudeness, mm-hmm. mouthiness is what I see a lot in my teenagers. But the... Throw down on the floor, kind of stuff, kind of more. Usually around, I call it the the flip. Right around seventh eighth grade for a lot of my boys mm-hmm. is when I start seeing that seventh to eighth grade summer. The parents will start coming and go. They get it. It finally clicked. They're understanding a little bit more of what I'm telling them. I'm not mm-hmm. having to repeat myself. They're mm. 
they're a little bit more rational. So mm. puberty can be helpful for some of these kids. With a, with, can. Can be. With a little bit of maturity. Puberty and maturity, I okay, should say. Okay, it's a combo. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my God. I feel like the teenagers just leave. Like, rather than, like, having a full-on outburst, they're, like, they go to flight and they just... Walk get in their away. car and go, mm-hmm. or like go run, to room, or, mm-hmm. close the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. They're out. Gosh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, this has been helpful and scary all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not a parent. That's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say that right up front. I am grateful that my son is so old that I I don't feel like I'm parenting anymore. And he is. He's older. And I'm glad I'm not parenting because this is not easy. Mm-mm. This is not an easy task. And when you have special children or children who have special needs, and that is kind of a special need, you know, yes. it makes life really special and different. And hard. Mm-hmm. It's really Absolutely. tough. It's a lot of spice. So, you know, we always ask, I went first. <laughs> Rachel, you want to go? What are you grateful for? Or sorry, Dr. Talbot. Um, So in the spirit of just having Thanksgiving, I am definitely grateful for my family. Mm. Uh, Grateful for both my home family and my work family. Yeah. Because I think I have support in every aspect of my life, and I'm just so grateful to have that. Yeah. That's beautiful. (laughs) I know. I I love our work family. We're we're really lucky. Really. Really. Like, so lucky. Yeah. What? Oh, I'm grateful for six feet tall nutcrackers. <laughs> <laughs> I finally found them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait to see the photos. <laughs> this is gonna be so. And you're putting up lights too, of course. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Raising Joy. Until next time, just breathe. Open up. You, you matter. matter.